The best advice I've ever got was from a hoe. She told me to use a condom. So today we're going to talk about self-healing. Um, self-healing is one thing that I've worked on for years uh, because ain't nobody going to heal yourself but yourself. And you have to always remember that you have to live in your own body. I say this consistently. Your body is like your home. The Bible talks about how your Bible, your, your body is like your home. You have to live in there. And so in order for you to live in your body, you have to make sure that you take care of it. When a man is to love a woman, he is also to take care of a woman like he is, like she is his own body. So you have to make sure that you love yourself to be able to love someone else. Because in order to love someone else, you have to make sure you love yourself. Because if you're taking care of yourself poorly, you're going to take care of your partner poorly as well. Um, so self-love is always really very important to love oneself. So that means you have to be able to fix yourself mentally, spiritually, so be able to... Because you can't, like, how are you going to help heal your partner? How are you going to help your partner with any difficulties if you can't heal yourself? Um, so today we're going to kind of talk about self-healing. Um, for me, one of the biggest things that I've always learned when it comes to self-healing is always to start at the root of the problem. Where did the problem start? You know, some of my problems started from when I was younger. So when you talk about me and talk about the things that I've came from from when I was... Uh, when I started into this lifestyle is because I was out there searching for love. I felt like I, there was a lack of love within me that I had wasn't given as a child. And so because of this lack of love, I searched in the streets and the streets led me towards prostitution. Um, so that was one of the biggest things for me is that um, because of the lack of love, I searched for love. It wasn't the fact that I was searching for prostitution it was just the fact that I was searching for love and I had never really found it anywhere and so what led me to the streets is the fact that I thought that in some way some way shape form or manner that I was going to find love in the streets and one of the biggest things that I always found out when I went to go search for love when I went to go search for this happiness I always thought that it was going to be everything that the world told me I needed to be happy so one time I got an apartment and I was like, if I have an apartment, I'm going to be happy because the world says if I have a house and a white picket fence, I'm going to be happy. And I got my first apartment and honestly, I just wasn't happy. You know, I wasn't happy. And then, you know, I was like, okay, the world says if I get married and I have kids, then I'm going to be happy. Well, I didn't have any kids, but I, I had the boyfriends and I, and I got married and guess what? I still wasn't happy. None of that stuff made me happy. None of that stuff made me content. It didn't make me feel fulfilled like the world told me it was going to. And, and the world kind of lies to you. It tells you that if you have a car and if you have clothes and if you have materialistic things, that you're just going to be happy. And honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, I am um, now 31 and I've had almost everything that the world told me that I need to be happy and none of it has ever fulfilled me. No material, no person in this world besides God has ever made me happy. And the only way that I could ever be happy is to actually learn what I... And I, one of the biggest things I had to do in order to make sure that I was happy is learn about my own self. Because, like, you can't sit there and be happy looking for your happiness in someone else. First of all, you have to make your own self happy. You can't do that. I know that what makes me happy is going out to eat. I know what ha makes me happy is coupon shopping. I know what makes me happy is traveling. 
I know what makes me happy is spending a little time with my loved ones that I do have. I don't keep a lot of friends, but the ones that I do, I keep them because they make me happy. I love talking to them. I love communicating with them. I love reminiscing with them. Reminiscing over the funniest moments is one of my greatest things that I love to do. It's something that I love to do. And so therefore you have to learn yourself. You know, that is part of self-healing. Learning yourself, learning your likes, your dislikes. You cannot sit there. Like, I remember one time I used to get fooled into doing so much stuff that I didn't want to do because I didn't even know myself. I couldn't say to a point where... To a point where I had to get so strict with myself and make sure I set boundaries with people and be like, well, I'm not going to do that because I don't like that. And I'm not going to do this because I, I really don't like this, you know? Like, I'm not going to sit there and smoke with you because I don't like to smoke. And I'm, and, you know, I'm not going to sit there and party with you because honestly, you know what? I don't like to party, you know? And so that's what created me and was able to help me to get self-healing. Another part of it is is dealing with your past because a lot of people think that, okay, you know, the pain that you went through, and everybody has family member pain. We all have it. We've all gone through something in our families, whether rich or poor, or live in a white picket thin house. There's always been something. Maybe your daddy didn't, you know, worked all the time, and he was never home, and, you, you know, your mom took care of you, and, you know, you needed that father figure influence. Or maybe, you know, like me, I live with my grandmother, so I didn't really have my parents. Or, you know, maybe you were adopted, or, or maybe... Um, You went through some type of rape, trauma, molestation, you know, maybe you went through something. But there is something where where some of your problems all started from a root from when you were younger. And so you always want to look into those those areas of your life where you were younger and where the problem originally first started. Because honestly, if you look at a tree, a tree is built over years and years and years and years and years. But the one biggest thing about a tree is the root. And so the one biggest thing about any person who has a struggle or a problem is the root to their problem. Where'd your problem originally start? You know what I'm saying? I know for me, a lot of my problems is I have abandonment issues. Abandonment issues come from the fact that I was left with my grandparents. You know, my parents did not stay around. They were around, but they weren't around. You know, I saw my, my mother probably three times in my teenage years because my grandfather brought me to go see her. Three times. Uh, from the ages of 13 to 19 years old. My mother didn't even make it to my high school graduation. My dad was there. My mother didn't make it. My mom made it to my surgery when I had surgery on my thyroid, but she did not make it to my my high school graduation. Um, My dad made it because he was there, but my mom was busy working, so she couldn't make it to my high school graduation. And that's something that will always stick with me. But a lot of the thing is, is that you have to always look back into your past of where it is that you originally first started. Because that's where, when I originally started trying to heal myself when I was 19 years old, is I had to always look at the root of the problem. Where did the problem first start? And a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people's problem starts at home. It starts where your family is, you know? And a lot of times we carry that on to our partners. We carry that on to our spouse. We carry it on to our relationships. And it's not our relationship's problem. It's your problem that you have with your parents. And it has to be... Literally, you have to go back and work it out. Now, the thing is, is that your your one thing I learned is like for me is well, I had to learn that sometimes the people who hurt you will never come back and say sorry. They'll never be genuinely sorry. They'll never apologize for what they did. But that does not matter. You have to either 
learn how to heal yourself, either learn how to heal yourself, learn how to forgive or learn how to let go and accept the fact that they didn't do what it is that they need to do. And then you have to build yourself up to be the person that you need to be. So when I turned 19 years old, I decided that I, I, you know, I was in the streets and I was living this crazy lifestyle, selling my body. And I decided, okay, I'm gonna get out the streets. Because I was hurting myself because my parents, I was like, why did my parents love me? So I was hurting myself because they were hurting me. So, you know, I used to be a cutter. And so I was hurting myself because they were hurting me. But that wasn't fair to me because honestly, they were hurting me. Why should I have to hurt myself because someone else is hurting me? So I had to learn how to love myself. I had to learn how to value myself. I had to learn how to appreciate myself because it wasn't my fault that they didn't do what they needed to do for me. It was their fault. But I wasn't going to punish. Why should I have to punish myself for do it for something that someone else did? You know, and you have to learn to stop punishing yourself for what someone else did to you. You know, you need to learn to stop acting out because of what someone else did to you. It's not your fault because someone else decided to hurt you. It's their fault. They chose those actions. They have to live with the consequences. And, you know, you, a lot of the times we sit, there, sit back and we're like, oh, my God, but it's so unfair and they don't care how they hurt me. Guess what? They may never care. They may never care. They may never come back and apologize. They may never say they're sorry. But you know what? It doesn't matter. What matters is that you need to do for you. You need to build you. You need to encourage you. I, I tried for many years to try to build a relationship with mother. It just doesn't work. I'm still fighting for the same love that I was fighting for when I was a baby, when I was five, when I was six, when I was seven, when I was eight. I'm 31 years old. How long do I have to sit there and try to chase a love that is not there? I can't do it. So what I had to learn to accept is who are the people who love me? And it doesn't have to be your blood. My best friend, Brittany, I love her to death. We've been friends since we were 14 years old. And guess what? It's a love that I don't have to chase. Even if I don't even talk to her for months, I know that she still loves me. I know she's still there. The other day, I went online. I haven't talked to her in about two months. I went online and she had tagged me in a post like, even when you're not there uh, or someone's not around, you know that they're your best friend and uh, you don't even have to talk to them, but you know what it is. Because I know what it is. She loves me. I don't have this. And my best friend Kirsten's the same way. Uh, you know, I have my friend Tyshawn's the same way. Uh, you know, they've been through uh, relationships with me. They've been through my teenage years with me. They've been with me when I was in the streets. They've been with me when I got clean. They've been with me through all that stuff. None of them are blood, but they love me. And so I had to accept that even if the blood doesn't love me, there are people out there who are not even my blood that have loved me through it all. And so in my contentness of, of, of being able to find love, I, I now no longer accept love of just being, oh, I need to find it in my blood because it's not always just in your blood. It's in the people that you meet along the way. So for me, I had to learn that the people who I met along the way were who really loved me. So I have my friend, uh, I have a few other friends who really love me, who really care about me. I have my grandmother, you know, who I've accepted to be the person who loved me. I have my grandfather who I accepted. And my grandfather is my grandmother's second husband, doesn't even have blood to me, is not even related to me, except for by the marriage to my grandmother, but I count him as my grandfather. He is the one who loves me and that is it. I've accepted it, you know. It doesn't have to be who you think it, who it, think it should be because honestly in this world and how we live nowadays, we always think, oh, the people who love me should love me and that's just how it is. Baby, it may not even be that way. You just have to find the people who really do love you 
and accept that along the way. And if you miss out on that, you could miss out, miss out on some people who really truly love you because you're chasing the blood that don't even get, care about you. And I did that for many years. I made that mistake. And that was a part of my self-healing that I really had to adjust to because I was chasing blood. And this blood just didn't want to accept me. And this blood didn't really didn't want to care about me. And this blood just didn't want to do what it needed to do for me. You know, but I was busy chasing it. But the people who came along the way, I can go up, up, up north to my friend's house. I remember one time I went up to Boston because that's where I'm from. I went up to Boston and I went to go see my friend's mom. And I sat in her house and I was like, oh, I'm going to go get a hotel. It's $400 tonight. I'll see you later, Ma, because I call her mother Ma. And she said, no, you're not. She put a blanket on the, on the couch and she said, girl, the fridge has food in it. Go get you some food in that fridge and lay down. You ain't spending no $400 on the couch. Period. She is not my blood. She did not birth me. She met me from me walking into her daughter's life and that is it. And she loves me. And period. That is my family. You know, sometimes we're busy chasing people that don't care about us when we need to be literally content in what it is that we have. And so that was a part of my self-healing because a lot of that comes from stemming in the roots, you know, and a lot of, and I know in nowadays generation, we do, we do a lot of try to fit in. We try to follow the crowd. We try to fit in, follow the crowd, do what other people want us to do so we can look good or whatever. Like it, it shouldn't even be about that. It shouldn't even be about that. You know, like I, I have blog posts and I do blogs and literally People would often, you know, like, obviously, some of my rants and stuff, they're like, yo, this is crazy. But then other times I have people who are like, look, I'm so glad that you're able to be who you are. Instead of literally trying to mix in with the crowd and be accepted into the crowd, like, you are not afraid to be who you are, even with your mistakes. You're, you show your mistakes, you show your faults, you show your problems, you show your issues, and you're not worried about what people are going to say um, you know, even though, you know, I've been through some crazy things and they've watched it all. They've watched it all, but they've also watched me overcome it all, you know? And the key is to be able to have a good self-healing and a good way of really motivating and change your life is a renewal of your mind. The Bible talks about that. You have to renew your mind. The things that you once knew, the things that you once knew that you once hold on, held on to, you have to let them go. You have to change your way of thought process. So I remember at one time in my life, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes and stuff like that. And I had to renew my mind. I had to think about it. I'm here. I am smoking and I'm smoking. And guess what? I was smoking these cigarettes and guess what? My problems were still there. You know why? Because I was doing an action that wasn't changing the problem. I was just trying to cover up the problem. But the only way to cover up, the only way to change a problem is to change the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know that you need to get out this lifestyle, smoking a cigarette is not getting you out of that lifestyle. You need to get the heck out of that lifestyle. You feel what I'm saying? You need to take a step and move forward to make some progress to do whatever you need to do. You know what I'm saying? If you're sitting there, oh, woe is me. Uh, you know, you're stuck in a drug habit. Because I, I remember one time I lived in, I was a teenager. I was in this um, drug house. Uh, I lived in a drug house for a little bit because I had ran away. And there's these prostitutes that used to sell their body for crack and everything like that. And I just saw them day after day go out, sell their body for crack. Go out, sell their body for crack. But they were doing the same cycle over and over again. And guess what? None of their problems were changing because they were doing the same cycle over and over again. The thing is you have to break out of your cycle. 
you have to break out of your cycle. You cannot do the the people say all the time, if you do the same thing over and over and over again, it is insanity because you're not bringing change. You are just going into a cycle. So you're not improving your life. You're not making it better. You're just going into a repeated cycle of doing the same harmful, dangerous, repeated action over and over again, thinking you're going to get nowhere. You're not getting nowhere. You're getting nowhere. Where are you get, get going? Where were they going? I can tell you where they were going. To the streets, back home. Hold on. To the streets to sell their body, back home to smoke the crack. To the streets to sell their body, back home to smoke the crack. To the streets to sell their body, where was the change? There was no change there. In order to make a change, you have to break out of the cycle that you're in. It comes with, that comes with the healing, the renewal of your mind. And so a change of cycle would be, okay, they go to the streets... Okay, they sell their body, they come home to a crack. That's not the change, would be okay. I'm tired of this, I'm gonna go over here and get a real job. So, for me, I got off the streets when I was a teenager. I used to go out and party every night, get high until six o'clock in the morning with all my friends, get high from 10 o'clock to six o'clock in the morning, go home. Tore up, still high from the night before, wake up at 12 o'clock, go to my friend's house, smoke a blunt, go to my girl's house, smoke another blunt, smoke a few more blunts, go home, get dressed, go out to Boston and go get high again. I used to tell them one day, I say, you know what? I need to make a change for my life. I, I need a change. So one day I woke up and I said, you know what? I'm going to go to college. So I said, okay, guys, let's go to college. They didn't want to go. Guess what? Sometimes you got to leave the people that you love and care about. And I still love some of those friends. I'm still friends with some of those friends, but I no longer do what they do. But I had to break my cycle. So I got away from those friends. I went to college and I no longer woke up, got high. I was in school. I did my work. I stayed sober and I did what I had to do for me. And then years and years, for years and years, I used to go home, back to my home, and they were doing the same thing. Girl, let's go to the city. Let's go see them dudes in the city. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, nah, you know, like, let's go to dinner. I'll hang out with you guys, and we can go to dinner, and then y'all can go out later. And that's what I did. I just had my little dinner with them, and I carried on, and they went to go get high, and they went to go smoke, and they went to go party, and they went to go they run the streets and all that stuff. I didn't do it. Then I went back to being motivated. Okay, I started my blogs. I started my YouTube. I started being very motivated and achieving goals. I started moving to Florida and traveling and getting out there. Because I was no longer in a repeated cycle. You have to change your mind. You have to change your mind. Not only you have to change your mind, your actions. Because you can change your mind all you want to, but it ain't going to matter if unless you change your actions. Because actions were one of the biggest things that help you change your life. I know, I did it. It's one of the biggest things. But same in the same repeated cycle doesn't get you nowhere. It doesn't get you anywhere. And I know it. And, and it's crazy because I had to learn how to do this all by myself. No one helped me. I sat there day after day. You know, you know, it's so crazy. When I learned how to do this for myself, I literally was at my grandmother's house in a basement. And I would sit all day long in my own thoughts like, girl, how are you going to break these pieces? How are you going to break all this hurt? How are you going to break all this pain? I did this by myself. I didn't have no counselor. I read my Bible. I had me and God. That's it. God, I need some help. I need to break all these chains because my mama wasn't going to do it for me. My daddy wasn't going to do it for me. They helped me hurt. They helped hurt me. They sure did help hurt me, but they weren't going to help change me. 
They weren't going to help fix me. They didn't go down the roads that I went through. They didn't see the things that I see. You know, a lot of people, they can't help you to fix what you need to get fixed because guess what? They don't live in your body. They didn't see the things they saw that you saw. So I could sit there and be like, hey, can you help me this? But I remember walking down the street when I was a teenager on the road and being on the streets and the, and the wind pushed me because God was pushing me off the street. And then there was a drive-by on the street the next few minutes when I got off the street. You know, my grandma never saw that. There ain't nobody who saw that. I saw that. There wasn't nobody on that street but me. I saw it. I was there. They don't have to go through, you know, they don't have to see what I saw. They, 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 weren't, they weren't there the night when, when a, bu- a bunch of guys pushed up on me and, and, and uh, a dude was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, what's up? And he brought me to the back alley and all his boys raped me. They weren't there. They didn't have to deal with that trauma. They don't have to go through those situations. You feel what I'm saying? They don't have to heal from that. They weren't there. It was me in my body. And guess what? I have to live in this body. In order for me to live in this body, I have to figure out how to fix it. Because ain't nobody going to fix it for me but me. And a lot of people are sitting out here and they're in repeated cycles over and over and over again. Because guess what? They think that someone's going to come along and be like, hey, I see you having problems. And I just want to fix your problems for you. Honey, no, you got to do it for yourself. No one's coming to rescue you from yourself. And guess what? You can you can jump from drug to drug or person to person and, and cover up all your person with sex. Or you can cover up your problem with drugs. You cover up your problem with relationships. But guess what? At the end of the day, I don't care how many relationships you get into, your problems are still going to be your problems. They're yours. You're carrying them. No one's carrying your luggage but you. I don't care how many drugs you, you put on. Guess what? You're covering it up. Okay? Your drugs is not fixing it. If it was, guess what? Whatever problem you were facing before would have been gone today, but it's still there. Okay? It's still there. It's still there. There is stuff that I, I, you know, that I deal with on a day-to-day basis. I can sit here and drink a glass of wine, but guess what? When I wake up in the morning, that problem is still there. It's still there. I have to fix that. I have to fix it. I have to fix it. And a lot of people don't think... You know, that it's just going to get fixed just because, oh, you know, I covered it. No, no, it's not. It's still there. And it will be there for the rest of your life unless you decide to face it. In the Bible, there's a scripture that talks about how how, um, David had to face Goliath. And every day, the people who were in battle would go up against these big giants and they would be fearful and then they'd back up. And no one wanted to face the giants. The giants are the issues in your life that you don't want to face. And so the more that you don't go face these giants, the more you sit there and you go up towards them and you back up. And guess what? You'll never defeat the battle. You'll never get over your problems. You'll never fix the situation if you don't defeat these giants. Those abandonment issues, those struggles with rape, the struggles with, even for me, infidelity. I got cheated on in my marriage. The, the, the struggles with, you know, your parents, you know, uh, why didn't they love me? Why didn't they care? Why didn't they do the right things for me? Stuff that, you know, these are the things that I struggle with, you know, that I, I can admit to. Because my life is not perfect. I go through things. I carry myself in a really well manner. But these are all the stuff that I have to go through. These are all the burdens that I bear. And I bear them by myself. And guess what? It's because I have to live in this body. But does that mean that I want to sit there and live in it? No. This year I had to tell myself, you know what? 
I'm going to stop chasing my mother and I'm going to just love my grandma because my grandma loves me. Now, do I have a problem of ever feeling like I am not loved? No, I don't because I know who loves me and I know who's always loved me. And you know what? It's not my problem that my mother didn't love me. It's hers. That's her problem. That's her fault. But you know what? It doesn't matter to me because I know who loves me. I would accept it. Sometimes we just don't want to accept the truth of what we already know. Because it's painful. But you know what? The, the greater truth is knowing that I actually have someone who loves me and who cares about me. And I don't have to chase for it. I don't have to sit there and run after it. I don't have to. Because I don't have to run after it. I had an issue the other day. I didn't even call my grandmother for my issue. But guess what? I knew my grandma was going to show up. You know why? Because she loves me. There wasn't even a question, a doubt, or a shadow in my mind at all. Will she be there? I knew she would. She's always been there. If it would have been my mother, I would have been sitting there questioning, do I need to call me an Uber? Do I need to go take the bus? Do I need to call a friend? Do I need to call a family member? Because her love is not consistent. It's not consistent. It has its own problems, struggles, and its own jealousy within itself. Sometimes you just have to accept what it is that you know and accept the people who really love you. And that's it. I'm 31 years old. I'm no longer chasing after people's love. You love me or you love me or you don't. Period. People always be like, why don't you, why don't you have this and many people in your life, blah, 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 blah. I had a situation a few, few years ago where these people actually thought I wanted to be friends with them. No, honey, I, don't, I didn't want to be friends with you. I don't want to join your crew. I don't want to join your whatever because like, I'm not going to sit there and try to impress you for you guys to like me. It's either you like me or you don't. Like, you know, and obviously they didn't like me. So like, what the heck? I, I wasn't trying to fit in. Fit in where? For what? If y'all don't like me, y'all don't like me. I don't need to fit in. I got people who love me. What do you mean? <laughs> you know? And then laughing, trying to be like, oh, well, you know, you wanted to fit in. Fit in where? I know where I fit in with the people who love me. You feel what I'm saying? Not people who are, like, literally trying to make me compete or freaking, you know, make fun of me behind my back. Nah, I want to be with the people who really genuinely love me. Like, what the heck? Like, come on now. It's crazy out here in the world, but you have the, you have the, it's a, it's a learning process. It's a learning process. You know, you have to learn how to grow. Um, you know, growing and healing comes with setting boundaries for yourself, learning your likes and your dislikes, letting go of the past, letting go of the relationships in your life that are just not good for you. Some of these friends, honestly, where you're going in your life, they can't go with you. You know why? Cause they're set in the past. A lot of my friends I had to let go of because they were set in their old ways. I couldn't, how, how can I, okay, it's like this. I was, I was get, I got married. When I got married, it was just me and my husband. All my friends were not married. That mean I need to find married friends who have the same kind of mindset as me. When you move forward, you have to find friends that have the same mindset as you. Okay, I want to do this. I need friends that have the same mindset as me. If they, your friends don't have the same mindset as you, guess what? The friends you have will try to pull you back to where you are. They'll try to pull you back. Why? Because they don't have the same mindset of you. They have the same mind as the old you. Yeah, they sure do. Not the new you. Not the new you. It's a part of change. 
So when we move forward, it's a big part of change that, 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 that you just have to, and this is how I had to learn my life. I did it. And you know what? And, and the thing about change is we always think that it's overnight. Let me tell you something. I've been changing my life. And this is why I said, I've been changing my life since I was 19 years old, 19. I am now 31. That's almost what? 11, 12 years now. 12 years. People think, oh, yeah, I just have to become this person right overnight. Honey, I I, I still have struggles and problems. I, I learned this year that, um, you know, uh, I, I can't be chasing, chasing, chasing a love that don't love me, you know, but uh, I, I've had that year for, I've had that, I've had that problem since I was 30, uh, since I was born. Chasing, chasing my parents, chasing men who don't love me, chasing things that just don't love me. Since I was younger, I learned that this year. And I've been changing my life since I was 19. So it took me 11 years after I started changing my life to learn that I need to stop chasing people who don't love me. And just accept the ones who do. This year. It took me 11 years to learn that. You know? 11 years. 11 years after I started changing and 31 years, (laughs) my whole life to learn that I need to stop doing that because it's hurting myself. It's causing me to act out. I react when I don't understand why people don't love me and I feel like I'm not good enough. And I start hurting myself because I don't understand why they're hurting me because I don't understand why they don't love me. Like, I don't understand why I'm not good enough. But guess what? It's not the fact that I'm not good enough. It's the fact that they don't think that I'm good enough. I'm good enough. In their mind, they don't think I'm good enough. And that's not my problem. That's a their problem. Because as long as I know within myself, I'm good enough. I know I'm good enough. That's a them problem. If you want to cheat on me, if you don't want to be in my life, if... If, 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 you know, you want to put things before me, if, if you, if you don't want to talk to me, if you don't, if you don't want to, you know, uh, uh, if you want to compete with me, if, if you eat, Hey, that's a you problem, baby. That's a you problem. That ain't a me problem, but I ain't going to bring it over here. Don't bring it over here. Don't bring it over here. That's, that's a you problem. It ain't got nothing to do with me. I had to learn that this year, 32 years of my life. Took me 32 years going around in circle with people. Oh, when they gonna love me? Okay, I'm gonna wait a little longer. When they gonna love me? Oh, I'm gonna wait a little longer. Oh, eh, eh, here's that door of opportunity. Bye. You ain't gonna love me. Peace. Like that's it. You feel me? 32 years of my life, I had to learn that. Changing of your mind. Changing of your mind. You know? Who cares if I have to be lonely? I, I, I went to celibacy. At one point, I was sleeping with so many men, I couldn't even count on my hand that I just stopped giving away my body. I got so tired of men looking at, looking at me for being just my body that I was like, look, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want you to look at my body. I don't want you to grope me. I don't want you to touch me. I want to feel whole. I literally got off the streets and literally went celibate so that I could learn how to love myself. I don't want another man look at me. I hate when men look at me sexually. I hate it. Just sexually. You know? I want you to look at me like I'm a person because I'm a human in here. I'm not just my body. I'm a person. I even learned how to, to accept some of the ways of rejection when I was celibate. You know why? Because you know how many men reject you when you're celibate? 
You know why? Because they just want to have sex with you. You know how many times I got rejected? Oh, you don't want to have sex? All right, peace. Okay. Cool. So I was just an orgasm? All right. Cool. All right. I spent my, I spent my nights in my house lonely for four years. Four years. Four years. Realizing that every dude I went on a date with, literally, I had guys slamming doors on my face. I literally had guys cussing me out. I literally had guys call me all type of bees and this and that because I wouldn't sleep with them because I wanted them to see me for who I am, see my person. It built me up. It showed me different. I literally had to start taking myself out to dinner. I literally had to start taking myself out to dinner to show me the self-value within myself. Because there was a point in time in my life where I would literally sit there and if a man rejected me, I would literally be like, okay, I'll sleep with you just because he rejected me. I would give up my body, not because I wanted to sleep with him, just for the fact, the simple fact that he rejected me and he wanted to hang out with me. So I slept with so many men in my life just because they rejected me, they didn't want to hang out with me. Then when I became celibate, so many men rejected me that I was like, okay, whatever. I'm not giving you my body just because you rejected me. You know how much strength that took from being so low to sleeping with people you didn't want to sleep with just because they they rejected you to literally being like, oh, if you don't want to sleep with me, whatever, who cares? I'll just take myself out to dinner. Okay, I'll just go see a movie. Okay, I'll just take myself on vacation. I had to learn how to self-love myself because why should I care that you don't want me? If you really wanted me, you would have some type of respect for me. I remember the first time I met a man who really respected me in my celibacy. And um, it changed my whole world. It changed my whole world. I I literally... Um, they knew I was celibate, and um, I slept at their house, and I woke up, and they were on the floor. They were on the floor. They were on the floor. And um, I wondered why they were on the floor. They were on the floor because they wanted to respect my body. They didn't want to sleep next to me. They didn't want to break my celibacy. They wanted to respect me. Respect. You know what I learned there? Respect. I learned that someone else respected me just as much as I respected me. They respected me and my choices. That's the type of love I want. Someone who respects me and respects my choices. They knew what I stood for. And so they respected that. Not all those other men who walked out on me. Not all those other men that I had to sleep with just because they didn't want to hang out with me. um, You know, without me sleeping with them. The ones who were there for me and respected my body. He was on the floor. Didn't touch me. Didn't try to grope me in my sleep. Did nothing. Just slept on the floor. Made sure I was comfortable. He was willing to be uncomfortable for my comfort. That's the type of person I was looking for in my life. So yes. So change starts today or tomorrow, the next day. It doesn't have to be a New Year's. It doesn't have to change starts anytime you want. I remember when I started changing, um, I started changing, uh, it was February 12, 2000, um, and what, 2009, and I've been trying to change my life ever since. 
Um, and so I just wanted to help you try to overcome your struggles, your issues, your problems, uh, to move to one place to the next. Um, I love you guys. And like I said, the greatest advice I've ever got from was a hoe. Um, and she told me to use a condom and, um, just passing down the same advice from one hoe to the next, even if you're not a hoe, um, use a condom and, uh, take some friendly advice from people who don't even seem like you should be getting advice from that could actually help and change your life. I love you guys. God bless.